This is Story of a Season. I'm your host, Truman Chose, and you're listening on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. Today, we'll be discussing the 1968 Baltimore Colts. Most cities can claim a deep connection to their NFL team, but few have had one as special as the city of Baltimore had with the Colts. When the Colts arrived in the 1950s, Baltimore embraced them, but not just for their elite performance on the field. At the time, football was a much more casual affair, with players taking on other jobs during the offseason. The Colts' owner, Carol Rosenblum, convinced the players to live in Baltimore and take on different blue-collar jobs in the area, which helped them to get to know many of the locals as friends rather than just as fans. When the Colts defeated the New York Giants in the 1958 NFL Championship, 30,000 people crammed the airport upon their return to Baltimore in a night that was described as the greatest thing that had ever happened to the city. Baltimore, usually seen as an insignificant working-class town, had beaten a New York team and won themselves a place on the map. Key to the Colts' success was their star quarterback, Johnny Unitas, who went from being a backup to an almost mythic figure after winning two championships in a row for the team. However, following these victories, eight seasons in a row ended in excruciating fashion without a championship. A coaching switch to former defensive player Don Shula gave some new juice to the team, but not enough to prevent playoff losses to the Browns or Packers. The 1967 season ended in a loss to the divisional rival Rams, which kept them out of the playoffs despite Unitas winning MVP. Thus, by the beginning of 1968, the city of Baltimore was desperate for a title. However, Johnny Unitas was injured, with an unknown timetable for a turn. While the Colts' hopes were not over, as they had assembled an excellent defense anchored by the end Bubba Smith and an eight-man blitz, confidence in backup quarterback Earl Morrill was limited. He was a 34-year-old career journeyman who had just signed with the Colts a couple weeks prior and had recently contemplated retirement. He didn't even know the offensive playbook yet. It was assumed that Unitas would be put back in the lineup as soon as possible. However, Unitas's injury proved difficult to manage, while Morrill slowly made a name for himself, winning the first five games with the support of a strong running game. Shula decided to try playing Unitas in a matchup against the Browns, but after three interceptions led directly to Brown scores and a Cleveland victory, it was clear that Unitas, once a backup himself, was temporarily supplanted. With Morrill starting the rest of the season, the Colts won all eight of their remaining games en route to a 13-1 record and an MVP award for Morrill. Many were touting them as the best defensive team of all time, allowing a paltry 10 points per game. Some just called them the best team ever, period. But the Colts would have to make it through the playoffs first to prove themselves. After defeating the Vikings, with Minnesota quarterback Joe Cap commenting that they were the greatest team he had ever seen, the Colts played the Browns, who had consistently had their number. However, the Colts got revenge in a 34-0 shutout. The Colts had one final test. This year, the champions of the NFL were playing the champions of the rival American Football League in the third Super Bowl ever. Representing the AFL was the New York Jets. This was a significant game in many ways for the Colts. It was another New York-Baltimore championship, Former Colts coach Wee Bubank was now coaching the Jets, and the quarterbacks were the veteran Earl Morrill versus young hotshot Joe Namath, who had quickly become the most notorious celebrity in the sport. Because of the Colts' dominance and the general consensus that the AFL was inferior, the Colts were established as 18-point favorites. The unfazed Namath declared that the Jets were going to win the game. I guarantee it. While some were irate, including Bubba Smith, who commented that football players who are real good don't have to talk, Shula was determined not to inflate his players' egos and maintained that any result was possible. Shula's concern was vindicated. The Jets led 7-0 at halftime, with Morrill throwing three picks and other Colts' drives stalling out. In the middle of the third quarter, 
Shula made the decision to start Johnny Unitas. However, this failed to spark the offense, and the Jets took a 16-0 lead in the fourth quarter, which would prove insurmountable. The Baltimore Colts, who had been considered the overwhelming favorites to win and become arguably the greatest team of all time, lost. While Baltimore was devastated, NFL Commissioner Pete Rozelle commented that this may be the best thing that's happened to the game. And he was right. It may have been the most consequential loss in NFL history. The Super Bowl was to be anticipated as a tight contest rather than as a game for the AFL champions to act as a doormat. The phrase, any given Sunday, had been proven to be more than just a platitude. Because of the greatest upset of all time, the phrase would come to define the NFL's beautiful chaos for decades to come. 